Today on Hardwired. This last day, great tribulation, world population are involved in Satan worship, idol worship, murders, witchcraft, fornication, sexual immorality is what that means, and theft. It's really hard to imagine a world more spiritually dark than what we're reading about right here. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of what I know is a very busy day. Well, on Hardwired, we've been going through the Book of Revelations. It's been a great series. I've loved teaching it, and I know you've loved hearing it because it is so informative, so piercing, so penetrating, so illuminating showing us what our world is soon to experience in a time period called the Great Tribulation. And this time we're gonna look at something that even Steven Spielberg could not have come up with. I've called this message, The Demonic Invasion. John had a vision by the Holy Spirit of a group of creatures that are gonna be released on planet Earth that are truly bizarre in their description, but they represent something, it means something, and we're gonna see what they are today, these locust-like creatures. I can't wait to share part two of the message, the demonic invasion. Let's jump right in. Now, I wanna always sort of preempt each message with a reminder that the book of Revelation from chapters four all the way through 20-ish or so is about judgment about the judgments of God. What are we reading about in the book of Revelation? Well, it's 21 judgments being visited on a Christ-rejecting, blasphemous, unrepentant world. And we've got to keep in mind that this is not the first time this has happened. Now, the revelation is, and the way it's all going to go down is a first. But God sending worldwide judgment, this isn't a first. It happened in Noah's day. Every human being was taken out but eight. Hello, Sodom and Gomorrah, every human being was taken out, but Lot and his family. That's it. A minority were always saved. The majority were lost. Now, that's just what the Bible shows us. Um, and you see uh, judgments throughout Scripture. As I said last time, if you took all the judgment out of the Bible, you'd have a little skinny Bible, a little skinny Bible because we need to understand that one of the biblical themes is that God must answer sin. And it's either answered in the shed blood of his son or you and I will answer for it. But God must exact justice for every sin committed because every sin committed in God's universe is a crime. It's a crime against God. So at the judgment, either you and I are gonna answer for our sins we're going to point to the one that died on the cross for us and say, he took my sin and I'm covered in the blood of the lamb. 
All right? So that's it. And there's not going to be any other kind of person. One of those, you're either covered by the blood or you are not. If you're not, what a fearful day that'll be. Uh, As the writer of Hebrews said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation given to us by Christ? So keep that in mind. The judgment is a part of God's dealings with the planet because he is a God of holiness and justice. The world that is coming under this great tribulation judgment have by and large rejected the cross and said, I don't want it. And so God's judgment is falling. Now, thus far in the revelation, we've observed the opening of the seven seals in chapter six and the first half of chapter eight. Remember, chapter seven is an interlude between the sixth and the seventh seal. And then the first four trumpets in the second half of chapter eight, the first four trumpets. So you've got the seal judgments, trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments. 21 in all, seven apiece, all right? Now, this time we begin chapter nine with the fifth trumpet. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. John is not watching it fall. It's already happened. Now, the context strongly suggests that this is Satan himself. He's given the key to the bottomless pit and he opens it. What's the bottomless pit? I know I don't like the sound of it. The bottomless pit, according to the Bible, is the abode of demons. It's where the demons dwell. Out of the smoke that came out of the pit, locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree. So don't touch the ecology, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now look at verse five. They were not given power to kill, but only to torture for five months. As we come to the sixth trumpet in Revelations 9, we find four angels posted of all places at the Euphrates River. Verse 13, and the sixth angel sounded or blew the trumpet. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now, I want to pause here a minute and remind you, if you've been with me the whole time, I told you that the events in Revelation are, for the most part, chronological and sequential, but sometimes they're not. And this is one example. John is going to move from seven seals to seven trumpets to seven bowls. But sometimes, every once in a while, he'll jump forward or he'll go backward in order to focus on a particular event that he's later going to revisit. Now, in chapter 9, he jumps forward and talks about the Euphrates River. But we're going to encounter the Euphrates River in a much bigger way in chapter 16. But he's jumping sort of like to give us a little foretaste of what's coming in chapter 16, a prelude to the full story that'll be expanded upon later. So keep in mind that when John begins here in chapter nine, he's gonna pick up on it again in chapters 15 and 16 regarding the Euphrates River because a major, major, major event happens with the Euphrates River playing a major role. But now, why the angels are posted at the Euphrates is a mystery. The Euphrates River has always been a physical 
and a psychological boundary between east and west. Do you know that it's one of the four rivers mentioned in Genesis 2? Genesis 2 mentions four rivers. Euphrates is one of them. And it flowed through and out of the Garden of Eden. So the Euphrates is as old as creation. And it's still here. Is that not powerful? I don't know. That gives me Holy Ghost bumps a little bit. Because it's still with us. All right? It's the longest water course in Southwest Asia. The distance from its beginning to where it joins with the Tigris River um, in Iraq is 1,800 miles. Think about a river that long. 1,800 miles long. Little history in ancient times, that river provided the water that led to the first flowering of civilization in Sumer. Now, the Sumerian civilization is the oldest civilization we know anything about. And this river played a part in that civilization coming to be in ancient history. We know of no older civilization than the Sumerians. It is where writing and the wheel were first appeared. The earliest writing we've got came from the Sumerians and the wheel was discovered there. Many important ancient cities were located on or near it, including Ur of the Chaldees, where Abraham was born. This river has played a huge part in Bible history. The region around the Euphrates is known as Mesopotamia. Now watch this. Today, the use of dams on the Euphrates generates power for the entire area. Maybe that is something that will come into play. Don't know. But on that river, right now, look at it, see it? Four angels are posted there right now. You see them? No, you don't see them. But they're there because the Bible just told us They are bound there, and they're waiting to be loosed in latter-day events. So they're bound there. In chapter 16, we're going to witness a mighty angel dry it up. It's going to dry up. That huge river is going to dry up, and it's going to make way for a 200-million-man army to cross from the Far East to take part in the Battle of Armageddon. We're going to see that in chapter 16. That river is going to be dried up by these angels. Pastor Jeff, that sounds like a myth. Hey, The Jordan dried up for the children of Israel to cross over. The Red Sea divided for the children of Israel to go through. God can dry this river up too, and he will. Now, John leaves no doubt as to the grim mission of the four angels in chapter nine. Look what he says. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared. Now watch this, everybody. The day will come when they will be loosed, these four angels, and they are prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to do what? To slay the third part of men. The number of the mounted troops, now here we've got an army involved. Here's an army involved. The number of the mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. John says, I heard their number. That's 200 million. When the sixth trumpet sounds, a third of human life will be destroyed, apparently by a massive army of 200 million. John specifies, I heard their number. Already a fourth of mankind has been killed in the seal judgments. So technically, the sixth trumpet will signal the death of one-third of the three-quarters of Earth's population that remains. Again, the whole world taken out in Noah's day. Whole world. We're just seeing a part of it here. It sounds pretty serious to me, Pastor. Oh, it's very serious. 
But Noah's flood was even more catastrophic. Up to now, it's been the ecology destroyed by thirds, but now it's going to be mankind. John describes the warriors and the massive army this way. He says, I saw horses in the vision and them that sat on them. They had breastplates of fire. That means the breastplates were red. And of jacinth, jacinth is dark blue. And brimstone, brimstone is earthy, kind of yellow. And the heads of the horses, that means the head dresses of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. How do you make sense of that? Let's try. We can only speculate as to the imagery here. But but these are much like the colors used in desert camouflage, is it not? So that's one possible interpretation. But another interpretation of the color schemes that he saw, just everything that he saw in this vision, could be modern-day military helicopters, stay with me, equipped with nuclear weapons, which would account for fire, smoke, and brimstone issuing from their mouths. Could be. Don't know. I'm sure not going to say that's what it is. But it's a possible. And that's all we can do is speculate. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program. But don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Verse 18, by these three plagues, plagues of what? The fire, the smoke, and the brimstone. A third of mankind was killed. Well, what can do that? What that has fire, smoke, and brimstone can take out a third of mankind? Nuclear. But John didn't know anything about nuclear. He's just saying, It was like this, it was like that, like this, like that. Their power is in their mouth, he says, and in their tails. For their tails were like serpents and they had heads and with them they do harm. So this is a first century man seeing 21st century things. And John's description could be cavalry weaponry, uh, using fiery weapons of destruction, poison gas, smoke, brimstone, which can be a description of an incredible explosive power like a nuclear bomb. And we already know, because I shared it last time, that um, many of the countries identified by Scripture as involved in latter-day events right now possess nuclear capability to the max. And the unleashing of it on Asia alone could end in the slaughter of over a billion people. I know this is not something to jump up and shout, but this is the Word of God. And God said, I'm going to bless you if you study it. Why does He want us to know these things? Because this is a downer in the natural. I don't like reading about this stuff. Why does he want us to know? Does it not put urgency in us as, as a people of God to win as many souls as we can, to get out there with the gospel and, and to be sure that you're walking close and tight with Christ yourself? I mean, does this not, these things that we're reading, put the fear of God in you? Yeah, it should. Now we next encounter one of the most amazing and sad sights in all the word of God. 
This, this is a mind blower. In spite of all the calamity, all of the obvious judgments of God, all of the terror and uncertainty, men refuse to repent. Wow. Revelations 9.20. And the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. Now look what they're involved in in the last days. Give you a better idea of why judgment is falling. That they should not worship devils. They did not repent of worshiping devils and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. And they didn't repent, verse 21, of, of their murders or of their sorceries, of their fornication, nor of their thefts. We just got a little bit of a laundry list of what last day mankind is going to be involved in that has incited the wrath of God. Are y'all with me? Okay. Sin is sin is sin. And like I said, sin's got to be answered in God's universe. So here they are. They're involved in worshiping demons. They're involved in Satan worship. This last day, great tribulation, world population are involved in Satan worship, idol worship, murders, witchcraft, fornication, sexual immorality is what that means, and theft. It's really hard to imagine a world more spiritually dark than what we're reading about right here. Two words from John's description jumps out. Let me just look at these as we come to a close. First one is sorceries. They did not repent of their sorceries, witchcraft. The Greek word is pharmakia. Pharmakia, pharmacy. Pharmakia is talking about drugs. So in the last days, in the last generation that are trapped in this great tribulation and receiving all of this judgment from God, they are deeply awash in drug abuse. They didn't repent of their sorceries, of their pharmakia, of their drug abuse. I was watching. It was hard. Oh my. You know, we're in a bubble here. Y'all realize we're in a church bubble? And in this part of the world, we're, we're really in a bubble. But more and more, our country is looking like a third world country. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I was watching, I came across it in a news feed, and it just said Philadelphia. And um, then it gave a date of when the filming that was on this YouTube had happened in Philadelphia. So I thought, well, what's this about? So I flicked on it. And it was about a 16-minute video of the streets of Philadelphia as a guy in a car um, just drove around filming what he saw. It was the streets of Philly. And it wasn't just some rundown bad part of Philly. Some of the, the great buildings in Philadelphia is some of the places he drove by. And all you saw was homeless people standing like this, unable to pick up their head, sitting on the curb, same position, walking around contorted. And I looked at this and street after street, block after block, mile after mile. And I thought, why can't they pick up their heads? Because literally, they were, I, it was like looking at a zombie movie. This was not, you know, Central America. This was America. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And so I had to go look it up. Why are, can these people not pick up their head? It's called heroin lean. Heroin affects your respiratory system. And so that 
you, you got to lean down to be able to get decent breath and you're so stupefied by the heroin, you have no energy to pick yourself up. And it was just endless, endless bodies of this. And it went on and on and on until I, I took it and I said, Cindy, you got to see this because this is one of our major cities. And here's the scary thing. You would see the same thing in San Francisco. You would see the same thing in LA. You would see the same thing in New York City. You would see the same thing in major cities all around America. Something terrible is happening below the surface. And the news media is never going to cover it. They're not going to cover it unless they can slam people they don't like. But they're never going to cover it. The news media lies to you more than they tell you the truth about anything. I'm just telling you. I'm talking about the national news media. I don't want to, because there are good people who are in journalism. I'm not slamming everybody, but I'm talking about the national beltway um, mainstream media, they not only lie to you with what they say, they lie to you by what they don't cover. And our cities are in deep trouble. And so, you know, I see this pharmacia, the use of drugs, the last days population of the world will be awash in drug abuse. And you look at what's already happening. And by the way, did you know that from 2020 to 2021, 79,000 Americans have died from fentanyl overdose? 79,000. And it's coming over the border, which is totally unchecked. And the drug cartels are bringing it in. And it's killing people right and left. But John saw down the tunnel of time, and he said, I see the last generation that inhabits earth is going to be awash in drug abuse. Now, the second one is idols. Old Testament idols, as we know, were made of gold, silver, brass, stone, and of wood. And it was idolatry that brought so much of the judgment of God on Judah and Israel. God hates idolatry because you're worshiping something other than him. Not to mention you're worshiping a piece of wood or a piece of stone. It can't talk. It can't hear. It can't answer prayer. It can't empathize. It can't sympathize. It's wood, but you're bound down to it. All right? Now, so we tend to think of idolatry as an Old Testament thing, but it seems to have made a stunning comeback in the last days. Now, remember, an idol is anything that takes the place of God in our lives. Did you know that? Anything that takes the place of God in your life is an idol. Sex, drugs, some person, a career. These and much more can serve as idols that we worship, that we bow to, that we serve. It might interest you to know at least one half of today's world is openly given over to idolatry. Did you know that? One half of today's world. All of India, they worship figurines and little statuettes all the time. Three quarters of Africa, great pockets of South and Central America, all of Asia, including Japan, are involved in the actual worship of figurines or some part of God's creation, like the sun, the moon, the stars, nature, some animal, so on and so forth. Not to mention America. Oh, we've got our idols. Oh, look around on Super Bowl Sunday right? We're steeped in the worship of materialism. We worship stuff. It's all about money and what you possess. I remember, quick story. I went to India. I was there for 10 days, 10 days too long because I got sick as a dog. I lost, what did I lose? I'm trying to, 10 to 15 pounds when I was in India. I was down to the last notch on my belt when I came home. I almost died in India. But in India, you see such abject poverty. It's unbelievable. It's just abject. I saw little children playing in mud puddles with no clothes on with a javelina hog standing right next to them. 
just the culture shock made me sick. And, and when I came back, I remember getting home, turning on the TV, and there's the price is right. And Bob Barker saying, come on down. And this glut of materialism. And when, when I've been in India, it looks so weird. You don't realize how focused we are on things in America. Money, sports, you name it. Peter wrote, for a man is a slave to whatever controls him. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more, and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless, and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.